love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. This time, Lee, it looks like you have um, an interesting issue that I guess comes up fairly regularly in guys that are wanting to uh, deal with some unwanted same-sex attraction where essentially they say, okay, I, I, I get the idea that maybe, maybe I could get to a place where I'm not struggling with these homosexual feelings, but I can't even imagine being attracted to a woman. So right. why don't you kind of lay the foundation for where we're going to take this conversation. Okay. Well, it's an interesting conversation, and it's like you said earlier before we got on the air, this is something we come up against a lot. As you come out of same-sex attraction and you kind of hit that middle spot where, okay, I'm sensing that my uh, same-sex attractions are diminishing, but I could never see myself really being attracted to a woman, so I guess I'm just going to be a eunuch for the rest of my life or whatever that well, yeah. means. And I guess part of this, the question that immediately enters my mind is what do you see then as the vision that a lot of these guys are casting for themselves whenever they even come for help? They, they obviously come and say, I'm not really wanting to have these homosexual feelings. But then it seems like maybe they never thought beyond that to say, well, then what happens if I get to a place where I'm no longer feeling compelled or this compulsive um, tug to be giving in or, or moving towards homosexual feelings. It's almost like they don't look past that to say, well, then what is either the alternative or what's the long-term vision then for your sexuality? Sure, and you actually probably have you know guys on both ends of that, that spectrum. You've got the guy, like you said, who hasn't looked that far in advance, just knows he doesn't want the same sex attraction. But then on the same token, you have that other guy who desperately just wants to get married and just wants to make it all okay, and so he's already out looking for a wife before he even deals with the same-sex issues. Is that so, more of like an image thing to say, listen, if I can just look like I'm heterosexual, then maybe it'll just all kind of click into place? Or sure. It- look like, act like, they have their own dreams and goals as well. I mean, we all dr- kind of grow up with a dream that... Someday we'll have the you know wife and the 2.5 kids and the two-car garage and all that kind of stuff. And so there's that dream still, and it's like, well, if I can just find the right woman, then this will all go away. And that's not necessarily true either. So, you know, certainly the desire is to try to help the guy see, just seek purity, just general purity in your relationship with Christ. Seek a relationship with Christ, then he'll help you with uh, everything else and helping it fall into place. So it's just maybe trying to lay a a broader foundation or a broader vision 
beyond just because don't you think a lot of times what happens is really anybody who's seeking help for uh, unwanted sexual acting out, regardless whether it's homosexual, heterosexual, whatever, anything that's kind of outside the parameters of what God has established as healthy sexuality, don't you think part of that is saying they they come to get help for that and their their focus is so narrow on whatever their sexual behaviors are that they don't really have a vision beyond, okay, what would it look like to be in a healthy marriage beyond the sexuality part? In other sure. words, going getting outside of the homosexual thinking, but also then getting into a marriage. And what does it look like in a broader scope than just a healthy heterosexual sex? Right. Instead of, and, and maybe seeing that, well, there's more to that relationship. It's a broader appreciation of the 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 marriage covenant and a, the appreciation of a woman and selflessness and all these other things that are components of a healthy marriage rather than just saying, well, I'm not attracted to men anymore. Right. You know? Right. And so now, okay, I've done that. Now what's, you know, now right. how do I become immediately attracted to women? And it's like, okay, that doesn't happen so quickly. It just takes a, a little bit of a step in that direction. And uh, then slowly God takes the reins there and kind of helps the, the guy change. Well, so then kind of take us maybe through this progression of, of what it's going to take then or, or maybe where some of the some of these foundational elements start in this guy's thinking and then how that can kind of be transformed through time to get to a place where there can be truly a healthy appreciation and attraction and and uh, movement toward a female. Sure. Well, I think one of the, the first places to start is to kind of kind of lay out the blueprint that kind of got this whole thing revved up in the first place. And that is, you know, since that guy, and I'm I'm speaking strictly to to male same-sex attraction today, since he's been attracted, he's been attracted to the uh, same sex. And is it because he's got this strong love attraction to the same sex? No. It's because from the moment he began to realize his attraction, it's been out of a brokenness in his own relationship with his family or his his past or something in, in that in that mix there, and so everything that he's been about has been idolatry and lust and all those things that kind of rev up this machine in the first place. And so when a guy starts to think, well, how am I going to ever be attracted to women the same way I've been attracted to men? pretty resounding answer is there is thank God you won't be attracted to women in the same way you've been attracted to men because mm-hmm. the attraction to men has been all idolatry and lust and the attraction to women should be more of an appreciation of their differences and a seeking out of that mystery that is a woman. Well talk about that idolatry a little bit more because I'm thinking you know maybe our listeners need a few more word pictures or something or something to go a little deeper on how how do you see it as idolatry as being kind of the primary uh, factor in, in some of this uh, attraction towards men? Well, as we see in both, in any kind of addiction, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, idolatry is a big issue because it's putting that image up on a screen and saying, oh, this is what I want if it's, in my opinion, if it's homosexual, I mean, heterosexual attraction. But if it's homosexual attraction, it is, yes, that's what I want, but it's also... That's what I am not, and that's what I desire to be. And so that idolatry kind of clicks in at that point, I think even on a stronger level than heterosexual addiction, that says, man, that guy in that image, he is definitely better than I am. He's got more this than I've got. He's got more that than I've got. And so I almost worship that image as something that I'm absolutely not. 
hoping to have it kind of acquire. It's called cannibalism, and some mm-hmm. some, some folks have, have con, uh, call, called it cannibalism regarding kind of wanting that image, wanting those characteristics of that image. And as we've discussed on a lot of previous programs in terms of some of the other external factors in terms of uh, you know, father-son relationships and some of those other things along with any sort of trauma or abuse or those sorts of factors can factor into that of, of where uh, a, a young boy might start to uh, be aware of or, or create an awareness of these deficiencies in himself then that he starts to seek out affirmation through others who have these characteristics that he deems to be that he would deem to make himself worthy and he sees it in this other person and says okay if i can get close to this other person this other man then in some ways i will be able to kind of obtain that uh, worthiness myself is that kind of what you're saying exactly exactly it's uh, like uh, a guy i worked with one time who kind of was hanging out in the the locker room at his uh, high school actually it was a junior high he was around 13 and he's getting undressed and dressed for PE or athletics, whatever it was. And he looks over next to him, and there's this, you know, fully de- developed guy who's got a completely uh, stronger, more masculine body than he ever thinks he'll ever have. And so what does he do? He begins to think less of himself. Well, he doesn't have a relationship with his dad, so he's never really been told, hey, you're a good boy or you're a good son or you're going to be, you know, you're going to kind of be a chip off the old block kind of thing and and you're just like me so he begins to see this uh, image and go man i'm never going to measure up to that so what does he end up doing he gets online and starts looking for other pictures to see if he if there's anybody out there that looks kind of like he does at his age but he's comparing himself to older grown-up men Mm -hmm. mature men and so he always falls short and so the idolatry begins to fall into place there of saying, well, I want to be like that, I should be like that, and I'm woefully inadequate in this area. And so he begins to, it gets gets worked into his puberty, and it gets worked into his body changes, and it gets into, worked into his sexuality at that point. And don't you think also this idolatry creates a sort of a, an obsessiveness to it? In other words... By constantly focusing on this individual's deficiencies, what they're doing is then they're looking to their own sex for adequacy. And when they've got tunnel vision on, like when a boy has tunnel vision on other guys to try to make up for his perceived inadequacies, guess who he's not paying any attention to? Girls. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So so it becomes this tunnel vision obsession that excludes even the possibility of thinking about girls in any sort of romantic way. Most definitely, and most often, that boy who's idolizing after guys and feeling woefully inadequate feels like no girl's going to be interested in him anyway, and yet, unfortunately, usually the other piece of that, or the mixture into that recipe is, is that usually he's become great friends with all the girls because he sees himself as more of an equal on that level. And so he really doesn't have any female attraction that's on that level of, of uh, kind of the romantic level because he's already great friends with all of them. And so he usually gets more of the comments of, well, I just want to be your friend. I kind right. of want to be uh, in, involved. So do you think then part of this, the difficulty in this transformation in thinking that a guy would have to go through in terms of coming to a place where not only is he dealing with this 
uh, obsession about his inadequacies, and he's been trying to meet those inadequacies by sexual relationships with other men who seem to have what he doesn't have. Do you think it's not? There's the one aspect of trying to deal with kind of retraining that thinking, but do you think one of the other major obstacles in getting him then to see women in a new light is that he's never once really thought of a woman in any sort of romantic context because all of his, you know, developmental years were obsessed with other guys. And so there really was never even any development of thought processes related to romantic interests sure. in a female. Sure, and I think that's kind of where the piece begins to happen, where you've got to start looking at that as you roll out of same-sex attraction and begin rolling into at least finding attraction towards women. Because the bottom line there is, is I can no longer just be friends with every woman if I'm going to be looking in the direction of having a, a solid, healthy attraction for women. And so it's not always just about being friends. It's kind of pressing away from the friendships and and women, pressing more into friendships with men and beginning to understand that, wait a minute, this mystery that's about women, I really don't have it all figured out just because I've been like one of their buddies for the last 20 years. I don't really know the mystery of romance with a woman. Mm -hmm. Because regardless of how... Uh, you know, you know, women will talk to each other and they'll talk about everything. Right. Right. Well, when this guy has kind of just grown up being friends with women, just another one of the girls, so to speak, um, that is not the same dynamic that a woman has in relating to a man in a romantic relationship. And so I don't care what this woman is saying to all her girlfriends, that sort of talk and that sort of giggling and that sort of all this kind of stuff Guess what? When she's in a conversation with a man over dinner, the dynamic changes dramatically. Most definitely. And actually, I would offer to you that the woman who has made great friends with this formerly same-sex attracted man has got some some brokenness in her as well because she's been drawn to a man who is benign. Mm-hmm. He is not a threat as far as his masculinity is not a threat. And so he will never relate the same to another woman as he's even related to that woman because most often those particular women who become very best friends with same-sex attracted men have fears of that masculinity to begin with. And so what you ultimately find is as this guy breaks away from same-sex attraction and finds that woman who's really okay with his masculinity then, hey, at that point, the whole game changes. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes more exciting, and that's where the guy tends to have to begin pressing into finding the mystery and realizing, wow, what have I been missing out there? Sounds like it becomes a little more exciting, like, uh, let's say, jumping out of an airplane and wondering if you put a uh, a parachute on, right? That kind of (laughs) exciting. Well, that's the way (laughs) most guys in the beginning will say it that way. I can say that on the other end of it, it it, it gets a lot more exciting every, every moment. But... Sure, in the beginning, it's like, wow, you know, I don't understand these, this species that I'm just now finding. I'm, I'm afraid of it. I don't know how to handle it. I'm not sure who they are. I don't know how to, to be attracted. I don't even know how to open a door without, you know, feeling like one of the girls or mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So what do I do from here? Well, and I was going to ask, okay, so let's say we've got this guy that he's he's progressing really well in his in his recovery and his 
sort of um, transformation in his thinking regarding his own sexuality and and how God has designed him, and he's breaking away from a lot of those uh, patterns of homosexual thinking, and he's kind of getting to this transition point. What do you say to this guy, or or you know, how do you help this guy get to a place where he's starting to think in terms of, well, I need to think about women differently than I have in the past. What do you say to this guy to help him begin to think about women differently? Well, usually I say, first of all, don't be afraid. You know, similarity is not all it's cracked up to be. And that's all he's ever really been in for the last however many years he was in his same-sex attraction and the brokenness was Mm -hmm. just similarity. I know men. Men know me. I can relate to them. At least I can relate to same-sex attracted men. I can't relate to to other men. Right. And so I'll just stay in this one little niche, and I won't ever break out of that comfort zone. And so I'll just continue in this place. And that, hey, differences are can actually be okay. And then you usually have to say, well, what about, you know, when they say, well, okay, well, maybe there's, you know, there's Susie over here, you know, I'm... I've been friends with her for almost 10 years, and so maybe I'll ask her out on a date. Okay, hold on now. Put on the brakes. That's not the wisest thing to do. You know, Susie's a friend. Susie's not a romantic interest. So, well, why why not her? At least I know her, and I'm comfortable around her. And it's like, okay, let's let's walk through that a little bit. She's been more of your buddy than your and your romantic interests. So I, you kind of usually have to say, let's start kind of doing some adventurous kinds of things. Because he might be able to say in his head, I can see how the transition would work, and it would freak Susie out, probably. Sure. Because, sure. like, hey, you're my friend. Why on earth are you now, like, wanting to get close to me in a romantic way, you know? Exactly. Or she might be like, hey, hot dog, this is what I've been waiting for. But it still doesn't necessarily mean it's the best relationship right. for him. Because it's, once again... It's choosing someone based upon my comfort level, not based upon those things that God, I believe, set up in us, which is looking for that romantic interest, finding that attraction, feeling that little bit of a, of a you know, butterfly in your stomach as you get to know that person, and also not just settling. You know, some guys say, well, I'll just settle for, mm-hmm. uh, because she's my friend, and God doesn't want us to settle. He wants us to go to that woman that is his best for us and uh, help that guy see that. The other thing is pressing out into the unknown, not just the known. See, I think most guys who are in same-sex attraction, they love the known. You know, they love the guys they're comfortable with. They know the girls and they like being around the girls they're very comfortable with because the one thing they don't like is rejection. I mean, that's like the the turnaway word. Oh, and and guess what? None of us like rejection. But it's even more hard, I think, for guys who've had same-sex attraction because, you know, they don't like to be rejected and they don't especially like to be rejected by women. So it's like, okay, you know, how do I do this? Well, you may have to face some rejection out there because part of dating is saying, hey, you want to go out on a date with me and hearing... No. No, right. <laughs> you know, we either hear no or we hear yes. and Or maybe. Yeah. and sometimes, <laughs> Give me your number. That's right. <laughs> Call you. Yes. And most guys freak at that. You know, oh right. my gosh, I could never ask a girl out on a date. You know, well, you can't wait for her to ask you out on a date because, uh-oh, we're right back in the same boat again. When isn't that part of it, too, is that they, part of that true unknown, and this is something that I think is is true of any person who's developed sexually addictive patterns, whether it be homosexual or heterosexual, is there's this issue of initiative. 
And a lot of times people get so lulled into their familiar comfort zone, even if it's, you know, killing them, whatever the addiction is, that you lose your initiative. You you don't really, you kind of want to just fit in. You kind of just don't want to make the waves. And of course, again, the rejection issue is huge. And to have initiative means you're pressing outside of the lines that have always been so familiar and comfortable and that that runs with it the risk that well that initiative could backfire on me. Amen. It could mean I could get the my knees knocked out from under me and the wind knocked out of me and you know so there part of this I would assume is is also helping a guy understand that there are appropriate risks to take in learning what it means to develop a new mindset of initiating a relationship with a woman in a romantic way. Exactly. Because the truth is, is whether it's a job and whether it's a, 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 a career, whether it's a passion, whether it's your, your wife-to-be, there is really nothing to be gained in passivity. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is gained when you pursue. You know, you don't send out one resume and get that immediate job. You know, you got to work <laughs> on that. You don't, you don't go ask a girl out one time and get turned down and just say, well, forget it, that I'm out of the game. Right. you got to keep pursuing. The other thing that I think is important to that is understanding that, you know, there's a real difference between the lust machine that was started in the very beginning of this guy's life as he began to get into the porn and get into the addiction and the love machine. Because that's usually, that's really, you know, what I also want to speak to is what happens once I find this girl and I do kind of like her, what do I do next? And I think what's important there is to realize that it's not going to be the same way as it was when you were involved in the lust. It's not going to come as quickly as far as the attraction and the move and all that stuff happens. It's uh, God takes us on a process there. Mm-hmm. And I always like to say, you know, if if porn and masturbation and and erotic uh, inter, interludes create the, the startup of the lust machine, my belief is that kissing and getting to know that person is the startup of the love machine. It's not revving it up fast and furious. It's taking it slowly. Some guys are saying, I don't even know how to kiss a girl. Well, that's, and I use, I'm starting that during this session because I think it's important that guys understand that the art of kissing has, doesn't need to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's lust is not kissing. Love is. Lust is get straight to the down and dirty. Love says take your time, get to know this person, but also enjoy connecting with her on that kissing level when it's time. Yeah, and learning that there's and learning that there there's something very uh, you know special about like your heart racing to hold a hand or exactly. to put an arm around someone. You know that that it's to to get familiar in a new context with the the fluttering and sort of the mystery and the adventure and these things that are truly going into the areas of the unknown but you've all, you you're going into it with already established boundaries that are healthy the lust machine says hey no boundaries man just blow through any line that you might have had right. love says you know what i'm going to go into this pursuit with boundaries already in place and so you kind of know you kind of and this is part of the communication process too is this guy learning how to communicate? Well, I need to be, first of all, thinking on a different level, 
but now knowing how to communicate on a different level so that there aren't false expectations on either side of this relationship because she may be coming from a background of brokenness too that says, hey, okay, I'm going to be able to express love by having sex with this guy. Exactly. And it needs to be communicated, wait, that's not me anymore. Right. I'm not going to do that. I have boundaries and I want this to be more about love than simply lust. Exactly. I think just, you know, and and maybe we'll do another radio show at some point regarding this, but I think it's really important just to know that, you know, don't be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Because the most important thing to grab onto is it's just because I haven't known it doesn't mean I can't know it. Right. And to take your time and realize that this really is a God thing at this point. You know, because he will bring, if it's his will, he'll bring a woman into your life that you can find cherishing and love with and hope with, but that will also lead to truly great romantic love and great sex. And that's what's important to hang on to. Yeah. And I just want our listeners to know, too, that, you know, there are some there are some phrases that have gotten uh, popular over the years that are total bunk. Ignorance is not bliss. That's right. You know, ignorance is what got a lot of us in a whole lot of trouble for a lot of lot of years. And so as you as a as you come out of this, any of the listeners who are saying, you know what, I don't want to be involved in these homosexual attractions anymore. First of all, number one, there is hope that you can be free from those attractions. The second thing is there's even hope that you can have a healthy romantic attraction towards a woman and be able to. Uh, you know, culminate and manifest that in, within the context that God has said. Now, I want to, uh, as we're closing up here, I just want to let our listeners know that uh, Lee operates a ministry called Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and his whole ministry is about helping folks with this sort of brokenness to be able to break free and live lives that are healthy before God and before others. And so uh, you can check out more about Lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. Uh, and we look forward to having you back here again next week when you come at you. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain